Hey, family of God, let's move to the family business. Is that okay? <laughs> Are we doing this? Let's move to the family business items, family calendar. <laughs> First of all, before, as you're finding your seats, can you squinch together? Are there some extra seats in your row? Can you come together? Closer, closer. What's the thing that the teachers do? If you can hear me, clap. Why does it work so well? Thank you. Welcome to Believer's Church. Uh, happy Easter to you all. Oh, happy Easter. I'm Anna, one of the pastors here, and I just want to welcome you. If you are new among us, we want to know you. We, we want to know what you're about and what you can add to the family of God, what we could offer to you, what you could offer to us. If you go to bctulsa.com, everything I'm saying will be there. I'm just going to highlight a few things. But if you are new, if you go to the Connect tab, Shelly Mayberry will reach out to you. Shelly, where are you? Beautiful woman. We are all so grateful for her. Connect tab will connect you to Shelly and the rest of the family. Um, events tab is going to give you what I'm saying and more. And there's many ways that you could give today to the house of God and what we're doing here. Is that okay? Uh, also, we got our podcast that is now streaming, um, back streaming since COVID on Google and Apple Podcasts. So you can get it, get in on that. And the keyword to look up for those is the bctulsa.com because otherwise you'll see the other one, but it's bctulsa.com. Is that all right? Okay. So we are a family that's devoted to being near and like Jesus. We are wanting to make disciples who make disciples. One way is to gain confidence in sharing about who God is and what he's done in our life. And so in a couple weeks, there's going to be a training that my beloved husband's doing. Dingy. Um, Saturday, four hours. Coming off of this, you could be a part of a residency for eight weeks practicing this stuff. But for this four-hour training, sign up. It's for a few Sundays from now, gospel conversations, how we can gain some confidence and some tools, okay? Then we are moving right into caring for the poor. We have, as you know, Family Promise is um, families that find themselves in homelessness. Every quarter, we seek to provide them meals while they're getting stabilized. And so this would be a sign-up to help provide meals for families um, dealing and trying to come out of homelessness. 
So this is in two weeks' time. We're going to need meals every day that week. So if you go to the events tab, you can sign up for that and see what's all needed. Maybe you could team up with some people and make it happen. Uh, And then lastly, next Sunday we're doing some baptisms. Have you set your heart on the Lord? You're following after him and you haven't been baptized yet? Please get baptized next Sunday. We'd love to do that. Um, you can sign up by clicking the events tab. You knew it. Uh, just want to say before my fashionista twin comes up. <laughs> we, we wake up like this. <laughs> um, there's some baskets of eggs. Lay low on those until the end. That is a mystery that will be forthcoming. Yeah, we, we know that the law incites sin. So, so if we tell you you can't touch those eggs, everyone's going to want to touch them. I know that. But we got a thing planned for the kids at the end. So if you wonder why there's Easter eggs there, that's why. We did not plan our outfit coordination. In fact, I just bought these shoes yesterday at Nordstrom Rack. Yeah. And I tucked my shirt in today. So... Happy Easter. That's as far as you're going to get me. I grew up in church, so I was one of those kids who'd wear the suit with tennis shoes. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> those funny things. This, the suit's a little too short, and I've got these blue tennis shoes with white stripes, and my poor mother. Uh, well, happy Easter. He is risen. All right, got some liturgical folk among us. We are going to celebrate, the, we were celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Was it, isn't it remarkable what happens to us when we pay attention to Jesus? Can you, can you feel that uh, when we were worshiping our Lord? Uh, you can feel something happens, something moves in on us in ways that it shifts the atmosphere internally and externally. And just so you know, we can do this anytime we want. So anyway, okay. What happened on this to make this Resurrection Sunday a thing? I'm going to read the story. I'm going to talk a little bit about this story. Last, uh, not last night, but the night before, we, we celebrated Good Friday where we left Jesus in the tomb. He had been crucified, buried, and between Friday and Sunday was Holy Saturday. We often skip over that too quickly. Holy Saturday, very anxious and depressing day. Thinking everything has failed. Yet, Sunday morning, early after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead. And it's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. 
Now I have told you. Lord, we ask that by the Holy Spirit, you would give us understanding of what it is that you've done and who it is that you are. In Jesus' name. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The resurrection, if you don't know, is foundational to the Christian faith. It's one of the main things we know to be true. Paul talked about this when he's explaining what the good news about Jesus is. He said, what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that it was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, it's also Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born, poor Paul. And Paul says this about the faith that we proclaim, the gospel. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be included in God's kingdom. You have the benefits of the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection life. Now, if you're like me, I grew up, I grew up in church and I always knew that for some reason on Easter, people got a little hyped up. They got a little dressed up. They acted differently than usual. I still remember the morning, my brother Andy, the poor guy, I always humiliate him, uh, drank too much grape juice, and he let it fly all over the back seat on the way to Easter. Anybody had an Easter like that today? My wife and I and my son were cleaning up our dog's mess at 2.30 this morning. That was one of the Easter's we had. It was, <laughs> Kelly and I were cleaning the floor. I said, well, he is risen. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those Easter days. But the deal was, I was like, why is everybody getting hyped up on Easter and acting so funny? Grew up in the church wondering why. Why was Jesus raised from the dead? And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Not going to give you all, all the implications. Truth be told, we don't know all the implications of Jesus being raised from the dead. It's too big for our, our tiny little heads. But I'll tell you a couple things that I feel like he wants to get across to us today. The first is simply this. Jesus was raised from the dead in order to crown Jesus as king of the universe. In order to, to make it clear that Jesus is in charge of everything. The story we just read. <laughs> so, the, so, so the gals who ran into Jesus and he said, go to Galilee, tell my guys. So the eleven disciples went to Galilee. Here's how the story ends. To the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Which, that's, that's, that's quite a movement from a guy who just thought was a guy to now I realize something else is going on. And it also comforts me that they said, but some doubt it. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
It's this idea that now that Jesus is raised, he has all authority. In, in, in the ancient culture, the phrase heaven and earth means everything. Paul in Romans talks about uh, Jesus' resurrection and what, why he was raised. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his, his earthly life was a descendant of David and through the spirit of holiness was appointed. He was appointed the son of God in power by what? By his resurrection from the dead. What Paul's referring to here, he's talking about that this promise in the scriptures by the prophets is that there was going to be a king that would come through Israel and that would not just set Israel right, but set everything right in all of history that was going to be in the line of David. And so he says, Jesus coming from the line of David, it's the Holy Spirit that brought him back to life that said, he's the guy. He's the guy. Paul, when he was preaching the gospel, says this. He was speaking to Jews. We tell you the good news, what God promised our ancestors. He has fulfilled us for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. He preaches later, says, I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer or the king to come would suffer. And as the first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles, to everyone else. Paul also said this is beautiful. God has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Jesus was raised from the dead to make it clear that Jesus is the king of the universe. There is no higher authority than this man, Jesus, who is also man and God and who's been raised from the dead. Unique event. Nobody else has done this currently living and in charge of everything. That's one, one of the reasons why Jesus was raised from the dead. Here's a couple more. Jesus was raised from the dead to crown Jesus as king of the universe and defeat sin. Paul said it this way, the death that Jesus died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Sin is has no power over Jesus. He can't sin. Here's another one. Satan. Paul says this, God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. In other words, equal authority with the Father. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. We see authority, power, and dominion speaks to not just the authority, power, and dominion that we see in political structures, though it does include that, but also those authorities and powers we don't see. Jesus, through his resurrection, has defeated them. And finally, Jesus has defeated death. We know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Jesus, when he appears to John in the apocalypse, he says, I'm the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys, the authority of death and Hades. Why was Jesus raised from the dead? 
to crown Jesus as king of the universe and defeat sin, Satan, and death. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to continue to move on here, but I, I, I continue to ask you, Holy Spirit, to move us into reality. Move us into reality. That we can engage with what's actually true. Thank you, Lord. So what does that mean for me? What do I get out of this? Well, here's a cool little phrase. We've already talked about it. It says that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? If I acknowledge that Jesus is the king of the universe, which happens to include me. That's the, that's the big part of declaring Jesus is king. All of us are born living as if we were king. Has anyone noticed this? Mine! Right? So if we declare with our mouth, why with our mouth? It, it's, it's a concrete way we speak into existence, into the universe that exists, our will of saying, Jesus, you are the boss. You can be the king of me. And believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Isn't that cool? It's these two key things that invite us into the kingdom of Jesus. So, see, if, if we don't do this, declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in his resurrection from the dead, we are not going to be beneficiaries of the resurrection of Christ. Make sense? And it's not because God is exclusive, because he respects our decisions. If you don't want to be part of it, you don't have to. You don't have to. But I got to tell you, it's pretty awesome. Let me tell you why. King Jesus includes me. If I, if I do this, if I say Jesus is Lord, believe in his resurrection, he includes me in his victory over sin. Paul said it this way. I, I just want to read this whole passage because it's just pretty self-explanatory. It says it better than I could. So don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, by the way, the sign that we've put our faith in Jesus and he's our king is our baptism. So again, Anna mentioned this earlier. If you haven't been baptized, but you've confessed this with your mouth, you need to do this. Why? The simple reason is Jesus said so. Just obey Jesus. He knows what he's doing. It's really cool and fun. But it's kind of like a marriage ceremony. You want to bring everyone together and say, I'm doing this. You help me succeed at this. We do it together as a community. That's why we get baptized. So even you may think it now, pull out your phone, go to bctulsa.com and sign up. Okay, I'll read this. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. 
For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God in the same way. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus, as we put our faith in him, literally gives us the power to never sin again. And there's just like silence. It's like, never sin again. Wait, I know. Wait, what? What did you say? You'll probably sin again. But we don't have to. Okay, I'll say it this way. I felt like there was a lie that I was believing, even as recently as a few weeks ago through the LTS or Life Transformation School that Lord identified, was somewhere in the back of my mind, no matter how hard I tried, I was still going to fail in this one area of my life. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm still probably just going to fail there. And do you know that that's absolutely not true? That's how I knew it was a lie. Because I'm dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. I am not under obligation to sin. Now, we've got to walk this thing out. I'll talk about that a little later. But we need to know the truth that sin is not your inevitable future. It's not unavoidable. You have the power that's strong enough to make dead cells alive. Okay. We get to share in the victory of Jesus over Satan. I love this verse. The writer of Hebrews says, since the children have flesh and blood, he's talking about us. Jesus, too, shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. This is clear. I was going to say in black and white, but in black and blue. Jesus has broken the power of Satan over those who believe in his resurrection. Satan does not have power. Continue. We're baptized. Peter said this way, this water. uh, He was talking about the... Flood, Noah's flood. It symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the remo- removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. That's what our baptism is. It's a pledge of a clear conscience toward God. That baptism saves us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Think about this for a second. The resurrection power of Jesus allows us to have a clear conscience. We're saved, and at the same time, the one who's saving us, apparently, is over angels, authorities, and powers and submission to him. Paul said this, we already read it, but there's a cool, cool twist on this. God raised Christ from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every name that's invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. But here's the fun part. And God raised us up. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Where is that? It's a place of authority that's above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every name that is invoked. We are at the same authority level as Jesus himself with relationship to Satan. 
His kids have the same authority. Jesus' family has the same authority over Satan that God himself does. Another thing that we get is we get a share. Jesus includes us in his victory over death. It says, by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. What does that mean? There's a couple of things it means. One, Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians. He said, if only for this life we have hope in, we have hope in Christ, we are of all piddle. <laughs> oh, it makes me feel so good. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied or piddled. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits. He's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep and of those who have died. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes also through a man. As in Adam, all die. So in Christ, all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. Here's what this means. Jesus has already come back from the dead into a physical body that works just fine here on planet Earth. When he returns, Jesus has ascended. He's on the throne with the Father. He's going to come back. When he comes back, all who had faith in him when they died will be raised into physical bodies to live here on a restored Earth, the new heavens and new Earth. Our future, I mean, think about this for a second. It's, how many of you guys are old enough that you played Pac-Man or Galaga? Wow, that makes me happy. There's a lot of hands going up in your face, young people. I'm joking. Oh, they, have the, they have the kids version now? Okay. Right on, Micah. Okay. Do you guys remember when you get a free life? When is it like you only got three guys and you die? The kids these days, they like die 10,000 times. Like, you had no idea the pressure you were under. <laughs> Besides the fact another guy put his quarter on the game and you're like, man, come on. <laughs> we got a new life. We got an extra life. That Jesus, his life is described as an indestructible life. So that's what our future looks like, is to be raised out of the grave. To be able to walk and have a fully functioning, healed body that doesn't diminish. And here's what's cool, is the resurrection power of Jesus actually starts to show up in our present lives. The scripture I already read, but I want to say it again. We who have flesh and blood, he shared in our humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those, listen to this, free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. We do not have to live under the fear of death. And if you think about it, I mean, what is worse than that? I've told this many times. They say there's some survey done that public speaking's a worse fear than death. You know, so Seinfeld says most people would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. <laughs> but public speaking, isn't, it isn't that bad. So you're really facing mortality, you don't realize that fear of death is the ultimate fear. 
Fear of death is the ultimate fear. And because of Jesus' resurrection, He has victory over death, so that He literally looses us from the fear of death. We are fearless now. Paul said, or Peter says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in His great mercy. He has given us new birth. And look at this. Our new birth is into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. The resurrection of Jesus means that hope is our natural atmosphere. Hope is our natural way of viewing our futures. Think about this for a second. I love sarcasm and sometimes cynicism, and they don't fit well with hope. Because I found my sarcasm and cynicism usually betrays I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what's going forward. I'm protecting myself from disappointment. Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Seriously? You know what I've been through? I don't know what you've been through. And I'm sure I could never understand it. But these words say this. That whatever it is... We've been born into a living hope that it's sensible to hope. It's reasonable to hope. Why? Because Jesus has been raised from the dead. Paul says this is a powerful statement. He says, brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. What Paul's not saying is that we don't grieve. Grief is so important. It is something God has given us for our healing. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is in John chapter 11. Jesus wept. Jesus, who had just said, I am the resurrection and the life. And was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Saw Lazarus' family crying that Lazarus was dead. Still knowing he was going to raise him. And Jesus went and wept with them. Grief is so important. However, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. It's a different kind of grief. You know, when we're we're grieving for someone who's fallen asleep in Jesus, has gone to death in Jesus, we are not grieving for them. We're grieving for us. And it's good and it's right. But the resurrection life of Jesus actually reframes grief and death itself for us. The things that are hardest to deal with are reframed and and, and rebuilt through the resurrection. Here's a cool one. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Did you know right now, if you have faith in Jesus, the same spirit that actually brought dead cells to life, moved a a, a stone away from a grave in like zombie-like but totally in good shape, came out. That power is in your physical body right now. 
is in your physical body. If you knew that, you probably wouldn't be as afraid walking down the street. You, you probably say, you know, maybe we can pray for some healing to happen in this body of mine. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. In fact, I love right here, Peter preached a sermon. And they, there's a guy who had been lame and begging for like 40 years. He asked Peter and John for money. He said, I don't have money, but I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, come up and walk. He stands up, starts walking, and then, he, then people are like, what's going on? He said, well, know this. You know all the people of Israel? It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. God is present to do things that look and taste just like Jesus' resurrection right now. Finally, here's a beautiful thing. Paul has the longest, the longest explanation of what the resurrection is in 1 Corinthians 15. And here's what's fascinating about it. One of the things you can think about the resurrection is like, well, oh well, life is moving along. I'm going to get resurrected. Let's just hunker down until we get there. Anyone ever thought that before? Maybe right after reading the news? <laughs> I thought that. Like, oh Jesus, come back. What a mess. What a mess. but here's what paul says after explaining that we're going to be resurrected with bodies like jesus he said therefore because you're going to be resurrected therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm let nothing move you always give yourselves fully to the work of the lord because you know that your labor in the lord is not in vain Somehow the resurrection of Jesus has given significance and meaning to what I do on this earth now. There is no such... To me, the, my biggest enemy is meaninglessness. I can, nothing, some, nothing makes me more depressed than a sense of meaninglessness. I still remember it feeling the most deeply when I was stuck shopping with my mother in a par- department store. Already <laughs> place of great meaninglessness for me. And I remember I was crawling under the hanging clothes. Again, not really supposed to do that. That's okay. And back in the very back corner on the floor were these leftover price tags for clothing that wasn't there anymore. And I was literally struck with this sense of utter meaninglessness. (laughs) It's the kind of kid I was. (laughs) You can pray for my mother. These price tags would never be seen again and mean nothing. You know, it's just awful. My life was already being sucked out of me by the department store. You know, it was like. The resurrection of Jesus means our actions have meaning on this planet. We're not just flailing around. They matter. That somehow beyond this life, we can do things that will live into the new creation. Most clearly bringing others into the new creation with you. Okay, so here's a summary. Why was Jesus raised from the dead? To crown Jesus as king of the universe and defeat sin, Satan, and death. What does that mean for me? King Jesus then includes me in his victory over sin, Satan, and death. I'm included in his victory. 
really important that we get that language right. I don't know if you've ever been like trying to be like a tough guy with sin, Satan, and death. It don't work out. Already tried that. Got my nose bloody. It's his victory. I get to humbly sit in and let him do his thing. Okay, so there's the summary of the whole message. So here's what I want to do. Would, who would like some victory? Okay. So if, if we don't experience some of this stuff, then what's the point of knowing it? I, I mean that serious as a heart attack. If, if, we, if it's just an idea what we move along with, then I don't know how good it was after all. Get all dressed up. So what I want to do is just have a time now where we're just going to actually pray into sin, Satan, and death and ask Jesus for freedom. Does that sound good? Here's, here's the way this thing works. See, so when you, before you put your faith in Jesus, you're, you're like bowed over with sin, Satan, and death. Right? In, but if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Jesus, you're the king, and I believe in your resurrection, You'll be saved. And so what happens is you're freed from these things. You're freed from these things. But it's kind of like you got the title to the house, but you haven't moved in yet. That makes sense? So let, let's say it's, it's a sin issue. And you, it's kind of like you start on this side of, the, of a teeter-totter here, right? You're like, I'm free from sin. And you're like, oh, crud. I just sinned again and again. And I did the same thing again and again. But what happens as we grow and walk this out and start to learn how to access the resurrection power of Jesus that's in your body by the Holy Spirit, it starts to get a little easier. And as we continue in this within community, within just failure and keep on getting up, failure and keep on getting up, it eventually gets easier and easier. So... There's a thing that happens to us right in the minute that in a positional way, legal way, we are free from sin, Satan, and death. But there's some things we have to walk out. So if you're going like, well, geez, <laughs> Easter's kind of like a big uh, bait and switch. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, resurrection. My life stinks. What's going on? This is the way it is. Jesus did all this work so that we can live into. We've got habits. We've got brain, brain neural pathways we've, we've been working on all our lives. To be afraid. To be afraid of death. To, to grieve without hope. To blame other people. Whatever the thing is. So, what we're going to do is I'm just going to invite you. First, none of this is going to work if Jesus isn't Lord of your life. Hey, Sam, you want to come on up? I, I didn't, you know, just kind of sweeten the, the thing here. And the door is simply this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, I'm going to pray this prayer out loud. And where you're sitting right now, if you have a sense that I'm not really even sure that I've done this, cool, you are in the right place. And I can tell you this, I know from experience, there are people I know who've sat in church for years and never consciously made this decision. It, it surprised me. And I'm telling you, I promise you, because I've seen it. Without making this decision, you do not have authority over sin, Satan, and death. You just don't. 
I can tell you stories. But when you do, I'm telling you, you don't even have to feel different whatsoever. You do. I've watched it happen. Recently watched it happen. It's phenomenal. So I'm going to pray this out loud. And if you'd be bold enough that you want to agree with me in this, and maybe some of you guys just want to, want to do it as a, as a way of just affirming your commitment. To me, it's like, it's like, why wouldn't I say my wedding vows over and over again? Hey, you want me to get married? This is my wife right here, by the way. Please say yes. Okay, me too. Why not? Why not? Okay, so I'm going to pray this out loud. Join me if you'd like. Jesus, I have lived my own way as the ruler of my own life. I don't want to do that anymore. I want you to be the king of my life. I confess you, Jesus, as Lord. I believe you have been raised from the dead for me. Please forgive me of my sins and receive me into your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Okay. Jesus includes us in his victory over sin. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask Jesus to forgive us for our sins. Let's just do business, right? Let's get at it. Sin's just dumb. It's like sticking a fork in your eye. It's like... I've got plenty of poop ideas because I had the dog last night, but that's what sin's like, okay? You don't leave it on the floor. You clean this stuff up. But we can't clean it up. Only Jesus can. That's the joy. And he does it completely. We don't have to figure things out. We don't have to try to to figure a, a way to finally make him happy. He's already done that at the cross. So I want us to take a moment and just ask Holy Spirit, Lord, is there any sin that you want to forgive me of right now. And we're going to focus only on what he brings up. If he brings up nothing, good. You're good. No need to go into lists. Okay? Don't create your own list. Just what the Holy Spirit gives you. I find when the Holy Spirit's given us something, you don't have to dig deep and, you know, it, it doesn't help. The, the self-annihilation never works out. Only Jesus can forgive us. I felt one of the things the Lord was speaking to me about was fear. My, my fear. Especially on a day like today, it's like you feel like you've got to do everything really good. So let's just pray this out together and you can fill in the blank when it gets to you. God, I have sinned against you. Will you forgive me for fear? Just wait here until you hear his response. If you didn't hear yes, stay. Because I already know his answer. It's yes. Let your forgiveness and guilt lift off of people right now. Let the sufficiency of Jesus' cross be enough in his resurrection right now. I dismiss every spirit of guilt in Jesus' name. Okay. 
If you get stuck on any of these things and just need to stay there, do so. I'll continue to move forward. We're going to start. We're going to forgive others this morning. How's that sound? We have. We don't have to live under the power of sin. And holding unforgiveness is sin. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. He, he's got the power. He's given us the resurrection power of Jesus to be able to forgive other people. Limitless power to forgive others. So what I want us to do is just ask, Lord, is there anyone that you want me to forgive? And we're only going to focus on what God puts in your mind. Don't create a list, okay? Doesn't help. So let's just ask, Lord, is there anybody you want us to forgive? Nobody came to mind. You're good. Don't worry about it. I'm going to pray this prayer. Just do your best to mean it. You don't have to feel a thing. You don't have to feel a thing. So pray with me. Forgive me, God, for the bitterness I have held in my heart toward. I forgive them and release them to your care. Amen. I believe some of you guys are going to start to feel some lightness. I really believe that the Lord wants to do this. Forgiveness can be a complex affair. We've got to start somewhere. Okay? We'll give you some resources later to help. Great. Jesus includes me in his victory over Satan. My experience has been that I've sort of known that I had, vic- I had authority over Satan and demons, but I was really scared of them anyway because I didn't really believe it. So, I've got a prayer here that I want to invite you into um, that's based on Ephesians 1 and 2, that I, the, the scripture we read. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. If you want to pray this prayer for me that simply affirms your authority in Jesus over Satan and demons, please stand with me. You don't have to, no pressure. No pressure doesn't mean you don't have authority. You may already know it. You may be like, I'm really comfortable in my authority, I'm good. I, I am happy. So pray this with me. God, I believe that you raised Christ from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. I believe that because of your great love for me, you have made me alive with Christ and have raised me up with Christ and seated me with him in the heavenly realms. I gratefully affirm and stand in your authority over all the power of Satan and renounce him and all his works. Jesus, you are my king. Amen. Amen. Right. All right, you guys can be seated for just one more prayer. We're almost done. We're really close. I'm going to pray about this death thing. You say, well, I'm not dead. So, and I'm not resurrected yet. Yes, but there are symptoms of death. 
and they, they feel like this. They feel like fear. Fear is a, is a precursor to death. Because that, that, that root fear is that fear of death. Another one is despair. Despair is this idea that there is no way out. There is no way past this for me. Another way we could talk about it is hopelessness. Hope, hope is the idea of a good future, of a good outcome. Anywhere that we're experiencing despair, hopelessness, or fear, there's some death sitting in there. That Jesus has already gained the victory through his resurrection for this and is offering it to us. What would it be like to live without fear? What would that be like for real? And I'm not saying that we're going to magically have every fear we've ever had erased today. But I know that there are moments when God deals with things very clearly and releases us from them. So if you're interested in that, I'm just going to lead you through a little deal here. Just ask Jesus if you've believed any lies that have led you into these things, fear, despair, hopelessness. We're just going to ask him right now. Is any lie that I believe? Okay, good. I heard one guy just say I have about five of them. That's awesome. You got a lot of freedom this morning. So here's what we're going to say. I repent for believing whatever the lie is. Now here you say, why am I, I repent? I, I, am I at fault? Yes and no. We can choose with our will to believe things that aren't true. Now, a lot of times lies have been told us over and over again. We didn't ask for that, right? We didn't ask for that at all. But we can say, I repent, which means I change my mind about this. This is not true. I repent for believing whatever the thing is. And that opens the door then for the Lord to give us some freedom. It's all about our will, not about anything anybody else has done. In Christ, you are free to be you. Okay? So if you just quietly then in this moment, whatever that lie was, just say to Jesus, I repent. Believing that, and some of these things are real private, so you need to be quiet about it. Don't you have to share it out loud? So I just declare over you that these lies are broken to the authority of Jesus and his resurrection, his life, death, and resurrection, that lie no longer has power over you. So let's ask this now. What's the truth? And he'll just, I, I, he may just give you a thought, a feeling. What is actually tr- the truth that you want to replace this lie with? If you'd like to, let's pray this out loud together. God, 
I believe that because Jesus has tasted death and defeated it, I no longer have to be afraid of it. His resurrection life is my past, present, and my future. I choose to live with courage and hope, knowing that no matter what I face, nothing is stronger than the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that power will hold me until I see you face to face. Thank you, Lord. We receive your power, Lord. We receive that. We invite it in. We say we give you all the space you want. If you're feeling that like I am, I just say, just enjoy it. He loves us so deeply. He loves us so deeply. Lord, I ask you to reveal your love in ways we've never known it before. People who just feel like they don't measure up, maybe this is the only time they even come to church, that the lies that they're less than we've broken, they receive your love right now. Okay, a couple things. A little bit of help with the process. Here's some stuff. So as I mentioned, forgiveness is complex at some levels emotionally for us. Plumline is a ministry. Anthony, will you stand up? Anthony and Michelle. That these guys do incredibly helpful work on how to do forgiveness. I go through their training for my own health. Um, so if you want to take a snapshot of this here, we've got a tools workshop and a trust workshop. Go to plumlineonline.com to sign up for this. This stuff with our authority over the spiritual world and the stuff that's bugging us. If you're noticing that's something getting kicked up or you're afraid of that um, or just the grief and fear, whatever. So, Sozo prayer is a wonderful chance for you to have some dedicated time praying with other people to help get you free. And then of course, if you have any other questions, just contact us here at the church and we'll get you in touch with the resources that we believe can help you with any of the stuff that gets kicked up. Listen, guys, if, if this is just a religious thing, this Easter thing, I just, I'll be honest, I'm not interested. <laughs> it's too much work. But if it's true that Christ has been raised from the dead and that means he's in charge of everything and that if I put my trust in him, I make him my king, that I have victory over sin, death, and Satan, then this is the most important day on the planet. So let's stand together. We're going to finish with a prayer. Prayer teams, if you could come forward, if anybody needs prayer. So under the screens, there'd be people available to pray with you if you need it. Let's pray this together. Thank you, Father, for raising Jesus from the dead and crowning him king of the universe. Thank you, Jesus, for defeating sin, Satan, and death, and including me in your victory. Fill us now, Holy Spirit, so we can live joyfully under the rule of Jesus and walk in his victory over sin, Satan, and death. Give us humble courage to share this freedom with others today. Amen. Amen. Okay, so one last piece of instruction. You're going to have to listen closely. This is about the eggs. So parents, if you have 
kids over that way. What the rest of us are going to do is hide these eggs throughout the sanctuary. Your kids will be given bags and you're allowed just four. No fist fights, please. And please don't put any on the stage or in the sound booth. Things break there. Or, or on fire alarms. Stephen hadn't said that. Please, no fire alarms. Okay, so parents, go ahead and get your kids. And if you want to, bring them back through here. The rest of you, grab some eggs and hide them. And we're going to let the kids run through and have some fun. Have a wonderful Easter. We love you guys.